Okay, we're recording and All right, all right, all right, familia. How you doing? Once again, we find ourselves in the space, in the place to be. Uh, Brooklyn Knights coming live to you through the podcasting mundo. Aquí, your host, Ness. And as always, with my co-host, Mr. J. What's up, Mr. Ness? How's it going, bro? It's going well, brother. It's going well. Happy to be here in the space with you once again. A week removed from our world premiere our introduction into the world of podcasting, uh, a a rebirth, (laughs) if we want to use uh, that terminology. But um, excited to to come back for episode two, Uh, Brooklyn Nights for La Gente. You know, we're here for the people and, uh, you know, we want to get the show started in good order. But uh, before we begin, I think uh, we recognize um, to everyone that that downloaded, uh, listened viewed liked shared uh last week's uh introductory episode thank you um family friends co-workers colleagues colegas um all of the people uh, we're really excited that the response that we've gotten has been phenomenal uh and overwhelming uh, people are, are saying really positive things about what they heard and so we're very grateful for that Absolutely love the feedback. Um, you know, sometimes we we do these shows um, just thinking about what that will look like um, in our eyes. But once our fam and our friends and our listeners start providing that feedback and, and giving us that insight, yeah, the show is dope. Then that just makes this worthwhile and understand that we we touched the nerve and and here we are. Yeah, yeah. Validation is always is always good, and so we appreciate. Uh, and the love, you know, the spreading of the love, uh, as it was. Um, and, uh, you know, we want your feedback, you know, whether you want to give it to us direct in the text messages or you want to hit us up on our on our web, uh, on our email address, bknypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send all your inquiries. Like, we, wow. we're official, bro. Yeah, we, we, are, we are making moves. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so here's the things that we've learned since uh, our last episode, real quick, so that we could jump into the to the nitty gritty of today. Apparently, for uh, first time podcasters, we need to have three episodes in the bag. Uh, we, we, <laughs> but because we're raw and uncut, we just did one, and we're like, you know, maybe the people will come back for more. So our hope is that we're going to deliver two more episodes in in back to back style. Um. And and then hopefully give people you know a little bit of of a variety of things to listen to, right? Yeah, make it you know we understand that uh, we're new at this, so yes, the uh, the lingo is a little bit new to us. But yeah, if, and if that's the order, then that's the order we're going to have to approach it. So yeah, and and just that just means more fun for us. So absolutely, absolutely. And uh, the other thing that I learned is that um, so we got to have a call to action. Uh, which means we have to ask our listening audience to do a couple of things. So, A, uh, if you like the show, please let us know. Uh, you know, text messages uh, are definitely the way to do that. Uh, likes, comments on the on the on the page uh, definitely will work uh, for us. But email us, uh, like I said, bknypodcast at gmail dot com. 
uh, tell us who you are. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us topics that you want us to bring to the show. Maybe, uh, you know, a person, a place that, that needs to get mentioned. And, and we will we will do that. We'll do like a, a viewer's uh, mailbag and, and put that stuff out there. Yeah, because this show is... We're seeing it from our perspective, but again, I think the listeners also needs to be uh, be involved with it as well because that is who we're relying on to allow us to ensure that the show goes in the right direction and help us with the topics too. I mean, we have, I mean, we have a list of topics, <laughs> but um, you know, those topics are relevant to us, and and we know that they're relevant to a lot of people, but at the same time. Um, we know that there's a lot of stuff out there that people also want to hear about and, and, and would love to hear um, a different insight and then make up their, you know, their combined, uh, you know, efforts and, and, and come to a conclusion on that particular take that we'll do. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Give us that feedback. We want the feedback because it's going to help us to grow. And I, I think that is the, the key word is grow. Um, so as we discussed last week, uh, it was a, a oversight or or like a, a, a three thousand foot in the air view of like what we hope to bring, and now we're going to start to like uh, serialize the content. And when when things grow, you know they start from a, a foundational place, right? So what is that infancy? And I figure, what better place to begin this week's episode than to talk about something that we know a lot about, which is being kids in Brooklyn <laughs> uh, and growing up, and and the things that that we encountered um, as children uh, in this area, and what that was like, and how it potentially, you know, foreshadowed what was to come. I, I could tell you right now, uh, people meet me they talk to me uh, and they say Nesta you're a big kid I, I get that a lot I'm, I'm a really big kid right and, and so I, I still collect toys right <laughs> I, I still play video games um, I watch cartoons you know I watch all of the Marvel comic movies all the DC movies I, like Lee that I meant a big kid yeah do, do you get that is that something that uh, no that's funny I, I don't you know um, and, and 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 again, once we dive into the that that topic of um, you know our childhood, um, I think you you know you you also understand um, where I merged from, right? Um, versus you know the perception that that people have of you, which is uh, because of your childhood, you still carry that over. Some things you still carry over to to your adult, right? To yes, your, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In my case, it's a little bit different, um, but as we dive into the topic, I think you'll understand why that is a little bit different. All right. So, so you know, here we go. Childhood, uh, being born in Brooklyn, right? Uh, in, 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 and you, you spend like the first uh, couple of years of your life suckling at the teat. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you, you know, like one magical day, you're five years old. And and you're climbing furniture in the house, right? You're emulating some of the things that you see in the comic books. For me, Spider-Man, I'm over here climbing the walls of the house. I'm jumping from couch to couch. I'm, I'm tying a towel around my neck and pretending to fly. Uh, all stuff that aggravated my mother to no end, right? And so what, what do we do in, in, in Brooklyn when you grow up in an apartment like we did? You send the kids outside. And outside is 
is a miraculous, wonderful place, right? Uh, people call uh, New York City the concrete jungle, right? And, and we got trees. Every like, I think they're separated by like twenty of the square blocks, and you know they're they're like in cement. Uh, there's some grass that grows out of the the sides of the other uh, of the sidewalk. The cracks there's in the sidewalk. There's bushes around. There's some bushes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, usually, you know, depending on the neighborhood, is the landscaping for some of the more upscale uh, houses or apartment complexes. We we didn't have no bushes. Um, <laughs> we had a courtyard, you know. So the way my building was set up, there was this entrance that was a courtyard, and you know, it was like brick on both sides and uh, like U shaped. And at the bottom of the U was the entrance into the building. But that courtyard. You know, it was like 15, 20 feet of painted concrete that was my domain, you know, <laughs> me and my next door neighbor. Yeah. That was where we played. I, I, well, I actually had La Yalda. Oh, you days. had La Yalda. La Yalda. I had the Yalda. <laughs> <laughs> Can you translate what La Yalda is? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for for our, our friends and the audience who do not understand the Spanglish, Yarda is the literal translation of yard. And so when uh, Spanish speakers don't know the word in Spanish, they just put a Spanish accentuation <laughs> to the English word. Hence, yarda. La yarda. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so you had the yarda. Uh, so that, that was like the back of the house. Yeah, the backyard. Yep. yep. Yeah, you see, so our backyard was the garbage uh place where, where they took the garbage and uh in my building it's also you had to go into the garbage room to change the fuses if they blew out in your apartment right nowadays you've got the the, the fuse box in your apartment <laughs> back in the day <laughs> lights went out you had to go downstairs duck, 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 into the garbage room and then find <laughs> your fuse box <laughs> unscrew the fuse like i'm taking you know like this is old school bro yeah i super <laughs> super another translation for superintendent uh, <laughs> we said this is going to be a trilingual yeah, podcast listen we, we're doing it so we're playing we're playing uh in this you know like i said painted concrete uh trying to do our best to 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 um stay out of uh, other people's way but mostly to be there when mom or the neighbor you know, stuck her head out the window to check to see if we were still there. Um, and then came like the fabulous day where you could go like onto the sidewalk and into the corner. And then the, my first time around the block. Didn't the block feel so big to you when you were a child? Holy shit. It was, it was like <laughs> a whole new world opened up when I could go around the block. And literally, because my building was on the corner. So if you look at a square, we're like the upper left-hand corner. And completely different worlds. Like just the other corner was a whole different group of people. Yeah, your neighbors are not the neighbors that you know. There's different people, different, uh, you know, it's just a whole different scene. All of a sudden you went from your normal block experience to, oh, I just made it off the block. Like I'm around the block. Yeah, this is yes. interesting. So you know, for for me, it was it was, um, you know, like when we were able to play hide and go seek, and we were able to use a whole block. It it introduced you know new possibilities. 
um, when I was able to to bring my bike downstairs uh, 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 and and do more than just from the corner to the to the front of my house to to you know front of my building to the corner and back, like I was now able to pedal full speed, full boogie, like down the sidewalk. I mean, it was it was crazy times, and you know I certainly terrorized my share of, of pedestrians uh, uh, doing that stuff. Um, but you know, here's, here's the, for me, here's the, here's where the, the, the distinction in, in growing up, uh, or the childhood thing, uh, changes. So I come up in the, in a, in a household that was split up. So when my father lands in a new territory, uh, blocks away, right. And now I'm, I'm old enough to leave my mother's apartment and go to my father's apartment the world that I had opened up just on my block alone from going around the corner. Now I'm getting two times that because now I'm exploring where my dad lives. And so, you know, in my mom's house, I got my neighbors and, you know, the people that I grew up with and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm over where my father's at. And there's like cousins that I had that I never got to hang out with. There's new friends that you make and all that kind of stuff. There's new buildings to run into, new backyards to fire escapes to climb and all that kind of stuff. So like my my Brooklyn youth was like this explosion of of sensory overload. Um so I, you know, and I think that that's something that a lot of us uh coming up in the in the more like urbanized areas, right? So there's there's parts of Brooklyn that that have houses and huge yards and, and all that kind of stuff. But certainly there's a lot of Brooklyn that's just buildings and concrete. Um and so there's a certain kind of upbringing that 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 you know how you play is is uh constrained by that, but there's also great imagination then in how you find ways to to navigate that to make it fun. You're gonna have to tell me about the first time you took the train out of your neighborhood. You remember what that felt like? So you know, funny thing is, uh, we lived right across the street from the elevated train tracks. And if anybody's been around a New York City train, those things make a lot of noise. And so, when we would have family, you know, from Pennsylvania come or from New Jersey and we'd be sitting in the living room and every so often, you know, my Theo would be like, what, what's that noise? <laughs> that, what noise? And it was the elevated train pulling into the station, but I was so used to it. Like it, it, it you know, it was, it's like, it's like in Puerto Rico, you have the coquis, right? <laughs> at, at five o'clock, five thirty, you hear your first. And and you know, like, okay, we, we're transitioning to the evening. And then after a while, like, you don't hear the cookies, right? Or, or the, um, what's the buzzing one? Uh, the, what do they call that one? Oh, that's a, oh man, you're good. that's a good observation. I know the cookie, but I, I and I hear the other one. I I, I know what you're it's talking not, about. It's not a cocodrilo, because that's a crocodile, right? Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just, just making sure that I got my animals right. Yeah, you're thinking about Florida, bro. No? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, so there's uh, um, maybe it's the grasshopper or, or whatever the, the 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 one that rubs his legs together and he makes a, a buzzing sound. Also, like when that happened in Puerto Rico, you knew it was a certain time. And so for me, like after a while, you don't hear it. Yeah. So it's like the train. So you know, for me, the train was this regular everyday thing that just arrived 
every five ten minutes, and it was a B train. I lived by the by the B train, which is which is now the D train. You know, because that makes sense. But but like you say, um, for for the family that comes through from out of town, like Mijo, what is that noise? You know, like yeah. it's it's weird for them. But yeah. like you say to you, it's just you're used to this at at this point. You're just used to the noise and the sirens and the and the, and that's that's what New York is, right? It is. Well, and you know, so we didn't have a car. So train was train and bus, right? And and the thing that, that was different is because you saw the bus on the streets almost every day. But trains were a little more, you know, it's gonna sound corny. They were like magical or mythical. And and for me, why? Because they went underground. Right? So we're like, you know, for 10, 15 stops were above ground. You're seeing, you know, you're you're able to look into the second and third floor of the buildings that you drive <laughs> that you're passing by or onto the roof of certain buildings and all that kind of stuff. And also you're underground. And and you're like, what what? Like, am I underwater? You know, <laughs> where are we gonna come out? Are we gonna still be in New York when we get out of this thing? So so the train was a magical uh uh place. Certainly I'm on that channel uh where uh, I'm in between the ends of Brooklyn. So, you know, between Coney Island on one side and then Manhattan on the other, uh, you know, you end up going under the what is it, the East River? And uh, and all of a sudden, like you're in Manhattan, and and it's a whole new world over there. It's magical. Um, it is. It is. So I used to, as a kid, I used to imagine because I was a kid with the imagination. I was like, oh, we're gonna get on this train, and we're gonna come out on another planet. It's gonna be amazing. We were still in New York, so <laughs> it wasn't as as magical, you know, as like coming out and there's dragons and you know UFOs and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> UFOs, <laughs> I you know. I was uh, I had, I was a accused of having a hyperactive imagination in in my report cards that we used to get from from the teachers in elementary school. So uh, that certainly uh, uh, plays a part. Uh, but that being said, um, you know, I was blessed that I, I was able to have a a, a really good uh, New York uh, coming up story, um, and. And uh, and then there was a the times that I went to Puerto Rico, and uh, what what that does is it gives you a different taste of what it is to come up uh, in in as a kid because I, I was a kid in Puerto Rico also, and I apologize for <laughs> for my daughter's uh, interjection there, but um, growing up in Puerto Rico is different than than in Brooklyn, right? There's no there's no trains in Puerto Rico. Well. There didn't used to be trains in Puerto Rico. Apparently, nah, there is, my friend. There's, there's one train, and it goes through like three towns. Um, El tren. <laughs> and it takes like three hours to, to get from one town to the other town. But yeah, it's you know, not good. I think that's a different investigation. Uh, the, wow. She is really not happy right now. <laughs> um, so so for me, I have this 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 memory of, you know, Growing up and being able to to you know be on my block with my friends and and have fun here, go to my father's block, have fun with with the family and the friends on, and then and then go to Puerto Rico and have summers over there, and and it was crazy um, because it was it was there was like the the streets the the, the towns are not like here 
You know, you're not overrun by by tall seven, ten story buildings and all that kind of stuff. People on top of each other. Um, it 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 gave you a, a sense of space. It's such a different um, group of people too, right? Like it's not like you say, not the hustle and bustle of uh, of the city or Brooklyn. Um, it's it's Don Pepe that's you know picking up the loaf of bread in in not la farmacia la la panadería. You know, like yeah, it's so yeah. funny, you know, and and the hospitality in Puerto Rico too. That's you know, people are always buenos días, you know, buenas tardes, and buen, you don't buen know provecho. the buen provecho, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and and so you know it's it's those things that I think you know. So here here's my point, uh, uh, to because people may be like, what 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 are we meandering? The things that you learn as a kid, I think, become foundational pieces of your identity as an adult, right? And so when when you come up in in a city that is is crowded, I'm not gonna say overpopulated because I think that's a political term. Uh, but certainly has a, a, a densely packed uh, group of folks. You you come up with eyes on the back of your head, eyes on top of your head, you know, eyes in your pockets, eyes on your <laughs> on your purse, you know, all that stuff. And then you go to Puerto Rico, and and everybody's nice, and and like there's a different pace. Y bendito, y cómo tú um, and like like I said in, in the last show, like you got fed in people's houses. There was always something. Yeah. Right? Let, me, let me make you a coffee, un té. Let me give you a, un, un tang. As a kid, un tang. Um, and and so you know you that becomes part of of your makeup. Right, it becomes part of like your DNA, and then you come back here where you start to like put your life together, and, and then it, it becomes pieces of you, like expressives, expressions of your character that are influenced and informed by those things. I agree with that, like in, in so many ways, you know. And and as soon as I go, I'll go into my my childhood experience and you know what that looked like for me, because again, as we're bros, but your experience growing up might be a little bit different from my experiences growing up, right? Um, and, and yeah, but the bottom line is that those um, adventures or those opportunities that we had growing up really mold us into who we are today. Um, and in my case, the, the whole being outdoors, um, the sports aspect of it really helped me um, overcome a lot of the situations that I had to go through. Um, and, and that's why sports for me is, you know, when, when we had the conversation to talk about what we're going to, um, what this podcast would look like, we, you know, sports was going to be a major part of it as well. Right. Because, mm-hmm. um, it does play a major part of in, 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 not just in me personally, but in how we grow up in this, this concrete jungle where we're constantly outdoors, outdoors, and we are finding as kids activities to do. And if it's handball, if it's, you know, the tag, the skelly football on the, on the, you know, on the streets, you know, that, that again, that that created (laughs) so much, you know, the friendships that come out of it, the leadership that comes out of it. I mean, it is so major. And then you add that with 
the griminess of what it was to grow up in Brooklyn and then establish who you are as a person at the end of the day, it's just, it's a lot, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting is I think about the resourcefulness, like when I couldn't leave my block to go to the park to play basketball. So what did we do? We stole milk crates from the, from the store across the street. We busted off the bottoms and then we fastened those to the fire escape or the tree or the, or the parking sign, and we had a basketball court. <laughs> I mean, you you make do with what you got, right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, it, it's, you know, you found ways to, to, when we played wiffle ball, right? We used, the, there was, you had to create the strike zone. So what did you do? You stole um, broken drywall, which is like chalk, from the construction site, because there's always a construction site. <laughs> Resourceful. And, and you drew a, a square with an X through it. And so, like, every block I went to, there was a, a chalk X. And, you know, people would think, like, well, what, what's a chalk X mean? That, that must mean construction. No, it means motherfuckers were playing wiffle ball. That's That was our wiffle ball court. It's not a condemned building. It's just yeah, our strike that's, zone. That's <laughs> 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 the other one is when we played um stickball yes. right what we didn't run traditional bases you ran from manhole cover to manhole cover and back we didn't have first second and third <laughs> base you know so when we talk about adapting to your environment yeah. like and 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 uh, being a resourceful people like we we create like necessity is the mother of invention. Yes, I had, I don't know how many bruises on my arms from trying to dunk on a milk crate. I don't know how many strawberries I had from falling on my knees on the street, you know, or or like hitting the manhole cover because it was a little wet and so you slip and and bust your ass um, trying to trying to make it back before they threw the ball back. You know how many times I got tackled by a car playing football. Right or or the or, or the famous pause people like car yeah <laughs> hey, but I w- I was laughing when you said stickball right because you know we, we talked about re- being resourceful and where did you get the stick from that stick came from El Mapo de Mami este cabrón se llevó el cabrón palo de nuevo yeah yeah you know? God forbid she had to be the one cleaning that day and you oh stole her. God. That was an ass whooping. Yeah, man. But uh, resourceful to a degree. I mean, we found stuff that, you know, cardboard was plentiful, you know, and and that was a base. That was Mm -hmm. what we used for breakdancing. Yeah, we had to be resourceful. And and the funny thing about that is that that also created another um, MacGyver kind of environment for us. Like, we're looking for stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm gonna tell you another thing that we used to do as kids too, and I, and, and I'll go into my story soon. Um, but we used to, you know, we used to wrestle in those empty lots that I talked to you about, right? Mm-hmm. And our belts were made from aluminum foil, from cardboard. <laughs> we were <laughs> we were wrestling on mattresses, you know, it was, it's mattresses that people threw out, you know, and you're a kid, you don't care. And you don't, you know, it was so, you know, I, and I definitely want you to get into your story, but I I, I just want to. Draw this line from from that childhood right now, right? Playing on thrown out mattresses, where now if you walk by a mattress, it's bed bugs. 
right? Like it's 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 wrapped in plastic and people put it outside because it's bed bugs. But for us, we didn't think about that. It was so that we wouldn't give ourselves concussions. <laughs> Take a picture. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know how many times we try to stack mattresses and jump off of like a, a, a second floor fire escape to see like if we could do gymnastics. The answer to that was no. We, we, could, we could not do <laughs> gymnastics. No, but can. Jerry, take take us into your childhood because you have a, a sports background, you know. And you mentioned before it, it creating leadership in you, and I think there's an interesting story there because I, I was the kid that got picked last. You know, full, <laughs> full disclosure, I, I was him for for quite some time, much to my dismay. I don't get the sense that you were the picked last kid. No, absolutely. Actually, yeah, you know, I was, um, you know, and, and having conversations with a lot of my friends, they'll tell you, yeah, Jerry was the, the, the most, not the most, um, but one of the, the very athletic guys in the group. Um, were you were you automatic captain every time? Like, oh, we're gonna choose up teams. Jerry, pick you're the captain. No, no, because the, the captain was usually the the older guy in the block, right? Okay, <laughs> it was usually okay. the 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 you the know OG. The, the OG, exactly, yeah. you know, and, and we were being picked as kids. We were being picked by the OGs. I was the first one getting picked most of the time, or oh, first or second. Okay. And you used to feel so good when you got picked first and second. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, you I, know. I don't, I don't know what that's like. I'm sorry, man. But yeah, I, I tend, you know, and, and that carried me through, you know, a, a lot again in, in high school and college, right? And I'll get to that. But uh, what I first, when I was, when we first talked about the subject um, in our, pre-production. Um, we, you know, I looked at it, I had several phases as a child growing up here. Right. And, and I also had, um, kind of two, uh, so I had the happy days. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I had, Ooh, those tough, crazy days. Right. Mm -hmm. The happy days in my example. Um, in my situation was, yes, the happy days. Um, it, it was an age range from about, you know, that five to about 13. After 13 to about 18, there was still some happy days mixed in with some holy shit days, bro. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the early days was, yeah, I mean, I just had so much fun in the, in, in these Brooklyn streets as a child, man. I mean, we had, and the funny thing about growing up um, in such a populated area is that there's there are kids everywhere, right? So you had your homeboy from two two five, you know, that's in the house apart, the house building, right? Um, you had your best friend across the street. You had your other homeboys that were a few houses down or apartments down, um, but everybody got together as kids and usually within that same age bracket, right? So you kind of always mix with the kids that were in your certain age. And then there were the other kids that were older than you that they were always trying to come and mess with you and you would have to kind of fight with them. And I had an older brother, so I was like, yeah, y'all mess with me. I'm going to get my older brother to take care of y'all situation. <laughs> but I mean, it was just nonstop excitement. I mean, from getting my skelly top ready to hit the skelly court, um, you know, from, uh, you know, getting that basketball to head to the basketball court and, 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 and get our chance to play on the courts because you're young too. Right. And when you're young, nobody wants, nobody allows you to play. You're not, you're not playing with it. Again, it's all about the age bracket. You're playing with your age group, the football, 
I mean, we would get footballs that were cheap, right? Because we didn't have the money for, you know, the Wilson NFL 2.0 edition leather, you know? <laughs> right. Um, we, we had Naga hide. We, we had that fake <laughs> leather. <laughs> or the Nerf one that was like a sponge. It got wet one. and it would yeah. forget about it. Yeah, chunks but, would come out of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, the you mentioned it, the plane, you know, stop. There's a car coming. I mean, I can tell you, you know, and, and, and my homies that are listening to this, it's going to take them back to when we're just going at it on the street and we're hitting cars left and right. You you know, if you're passing the boy, that boy's definitely going to break somebody's mirror, somebody's rear view. Mm-hmm. Um, we're playing tackle on the street sometimes. It, it's ridiculous, but... What it does, it makes you tough. It makes you, you know, you you learn to suck it up, right? Because you don't want to show that weakness when you're playing with your boys, you know. But but yeah, my experiences was was just a plethora of environments that allow me to be so active. And your mother would say, okay, you know, yeah, terminaste desayuno. You can go to the, you know, go play. Yep. Go play. You don't know what go play is. You know, they had no idea what go play is. You would come home all bruised up because she had no idea what the fuck you doing, right? <laughs> but uh, um, it, it was it was my time, man. You know, it was, I'm out there. We were looking at, there was never a dull moment. There was never mm-hmm. a moment where you're just sticking around doing nothing as a child. Um, it was always something um, that you were finding to do. Um, and then you would come home sweaty, you know, dirty. And your mother knew that, the kid is tired. Dame darle su, su arroz con habichuela, su vistecito. And she knew you had a good day, you know? And 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 and, and I think that was good for them too, right? They, it gave them an opportunity to handle whatever nuances they were doing in the, in the apartment. And most of it was, you know, getting the house ready, you know, and taking care of the food and going shopping and, you know, buscándole el palo que te llevaste. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and and also, again, phases, right? So we got into the phase of the wrestling thing. You know, that was a big phase for us where we had, we were, yeah, we were just going at it. I mean, it was amazing. And then the BMX, you mentioned the bikes. I mean, me and my boys were riding this town like, like it was, like it was our backyard. Like you know, we were, we were just. Get on our bikes. We were, we were the kings of creation. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it felt so good, you know. Um, and then the the money aspect, right? Again, we we're we have to realize that in our community, we didn't have a lot of money, and and most of our friends were in the same situation, right? We had our one friend that probably had that. Wow, he got that that new bike, that mongoose. Damn, and you would be happy for your boy. I would tell you a story. My brother actually. You know, for my birthday, she wanted to buy me a new bike, and but she didn't have a lot of money, right? So we go to, you know, the, you know what's considered now the ninety-nine cent shops, right? And, and and we go in the shop, and I see this bike that looks amazing. It's a no-name brand bike. It's not a mongoose or a GTI, or whatever. Um, and I'm like, Mom, I want that one. I want that one. And she was like, she was like, Okay, son, I'm gonna get you that one. Um, cool. She gets me the bike. We set it up. Yo, it looks nice. But it turns out to be the bike was a piece of shit, bro. <laughs> I did a few hops and the frame cracked, you know? It was the it was the Kia of bikes. Yeah. You know, it looked fancy, but it was cheap. But 
I, I, I always go back to that story because I, I love that my mother tried, you know, she didn't have the funds, but she tried, man. And, yeah. and um, I was so grateful for that bike. And yeah, it didn't, it wasn't what I wanted at the end of the day, but you know, it, it was, it was a great gesture. Um, and then Ness, you know, we, we go into, that's the early stages, those good years, those happy days, as I call it. And then you get into that. All right. I'm starting to be 13, you know, and I'm, sports is still a major part of my life, but then it's also now we're getting, um, to that flyness point where we want to look nice. You know, we want to have the, uh, the latest Pumas, you know, the troops, you don't know about troops. You better do your homework. Um, you know, and, and, and fortunately and unfortunately, you know, my block where, you know, that we started deal, you know, just getting into stuff that was a little bit more adult like. Right. And, you know, it was, it was tough times, you know, and we did what we had to do. And many of my friends did what they had to do. And, you know, we, we also learned from those experiences and, and, you know, we, we grow from those experiences. I chat with my boys, um, every now and then, and, you know, that's, that's a big part of what translated for a lot of us, um, in our adult, um, you know, environments. Fortunately for me, I also had the opportunity to, uh, go to high school in, in, in Beach Channel High in Queens, but then I moved to Puerto Rico and, and I had a chance to kind of go to high school in Puerto Rico and I got on the basketball team. I went to La Universidad del Turabo and I got on the basketball team. So that aspect of the sports helped me maintain a, a level head and get myself out of situations that I probably shouldn't have been in. And, and you know, and it helped me, you know, get to the point where I'm at now. So yeah, you know, to tie it all up, you know, um, it, it, this, this city, it's, it's just a big playground and it's, it's also, it, it can be dangerous, you know, is Bushwick dangerous, you know, like, or is yeah. East New York dangerous? You know? <laughs> it's dangerous. Yes. But, you know, at the same time, you, you felt as if this, this, this is it, you know, this is, I knew in the back of my mind that there's no other place where I'm going to have these experiences. I knew it, you know, and, and it just, again, why do we love this borough? Because, Hey, this borough really, it gave me a lot. It took a lot, but at the end of the day, we came back as Kings, man, Kings of this County, you know? So, you know, that's, that's, that's what it is. And again, We'll, da- we'll be able to reminisce a little bit about our childhoods as we, as we pro- progress through the podcast. But man, you know, it, it, it was an amazing um, opportunity. And and I asked you, Ness, how do you feel? Like, did did you love that childhood experience, or would you have preferred to have it another way? How do you yeah, feel about that? Yeah, no. So I, I think anybody that knows me and, and as we, you know, put the word out, I, I have no regrets. Um, everything that I've done in my life has led to this moment. And so this is a pretty good moment. Yeah, you know, was there adversity? Was there difficulties? Was there shitty yeah. times? Absolutely. But that's life. Um, but I would change nothing. Right. And even the hard stuff. So, you know, we, we kind of glossed over some of these pieces and we want to honor the fact that we're trying to give these people 45 minute podcasts uh, moving forward. And we're at the 39 minute mark. So I want to I want to like 
put a little bow on this so that they could get a sense of of how this show ends and it transitions to the next episode, which I I believe is going to be high school and discovering all the fine things that come with that. that. But uh, here's the thing is that, as I said, you you go back to those days and the things that happened to you as a kid form or frame how you function as an adult, right? And so there's an interesting question when I asked you if you were the captain and you were like, not the captain, but I got selected first. But at a certain point, those older kids that did the selections and where they would leave the block. And so you would become the next in line to set the standard. And that created leadership in you that potentially frames how you approach your career. Now, we don't think about it that way, right? Because when you're in an interview room, it's what did you do? And and you don't talk about when you played as a kid. But that was a critical piece of like how you interpreted the world. I got picked last. So that made me feel bad. And in my mind, I was like, nobody should ever have to feel like that. And so part of my approach growing up was how do I create things that multiple people can be a part of where nobody feels like um, I don't belong here. I can't be a part of this Uh, where we could all be captain potentially. Another keen observation. Absolutely. Agree. And and so, you know, when, when we look at the at the work that I do now uh, as an educator, part of it is creating the kind of experiences for folks where everybody feels like they could come in and be a part of the thing. And and that's also shaped, I think, by <clears throat> the, the 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 problematic parts of our growing up that we kind of gloss over. Right. Sometimes we, we had racism in the family. You know, sometimes we denied the existence of certain people uh, 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 and, and for a number of reasons, right? The, the, the family drug addict, the, 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 the family criminal, uh, the, the family, the, the person that was too dark and, you know, in, in a family where blackness was frowned upon or pushed to the side, like foundational things that, you know, how, how you treated women in your family, what was their role, right? If mommy was always in the house, then the thought was that women should always be in the house. Like, and how do you, how do you overcome that? Um, and so I think the, the New York city streets, the Brooklyn streets, it has my DNA in it from all the times I fell, right? Like <laughs> scrape my knees, I fell off the skateboard, bang, hit myself or, you know, racing and you take a tumble or you're in the park and you, you, you tussling with your boys. Like you bleed, you get jumped. Right. He's spitting out teeth like my DNA is all over these streets. But but what happened There's a transaction. That means that Brooklyn's DNA is also in me. And this is a city that you can't stop. This is a city that you will not slow us down. This is a city that's about that hustle. And so I think that those elements fuse together, you know, to create the, the two gentlemen that we are, that all these years later, we look back at playing. It's a critical part of our of our coming up. It like if I didn't have playing as a kid, I would not be the man that I am today. And 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 like like right now, our kids can't play, right? In this fucking pandemic, part of my French. <laughs> like, and, but even before the pandemic, we had play dates. You know, we're gonna go to your house. We couldn't, you know. And and, and <laughs> I hate that we're at the end of the show, but like when I would go to my friend's house, I had to be in the living room. 
The rules were when you go to somebody else's house, you stay in the fucking living room. You don't go into anybody's bedroom. Little did I know how much trouble that would save me later on in life, <laughs> right? Because I wasn't allowed to go into my mother's bedroom without permission. What the fuck am I doing in the next door neighbor's bedroom? Absolutely. Like that, that makes no sense, right? And, and it's a survival instinct when you think about it, like the application of that of you don't belong in an adult's bedroom, right? So there's a lot that we learned that we didn't realize these streets taught us. Um. And and maybe it's the same for folks that came up in the country. It just has some different applicability. I don't know. I could just speak from from this perspective. I agree. I agree. And and, and yeah, uh, like to say, I know you're gonna tie up the show, uh, but yeah, I think I, I I agree with you on so many points. You know, and 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 it's sad that um, you know I think kids nowadays don't know what that is, and and it's all in fairness. You know, I agree with you know the parents that are also concerned with their kids being outside. You know, and it's funny, these streets are safer than ever, right? And still parents are leery of having their kids outside, where back in the days, these streets were crazy. And parents were like, yeah, go outside, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you know, they always had neighborhood watch, you know, eh, el tío de, de aquel tabelando los nene, you know? Or, but, or Doña Teresa up on the third floor window <laughs> or, you know, the fourth floor window. Mira. Susana, tu nene está en la esquina otra vez. <laughs> Damn it, Doña Teresa, leave me alone, bro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so listen, we we uh, we at the 45-minute mark, um, and th- like th- we haven't even scratched the surface of this episode, but I think we did justice, at least to the sense of like what coming up as a kid was in these streets. And, you know, thanks to you, we're not going to fast forward to to – you know, what most people refer to as the wonder years and that's 13 to 18 and the changes. So check out, that's going to be episode three. Uh, and it's going to drop in about seven minutes as we just transition <laughs> from this episode to that one. But once again, thank you to our, our community, our supporters. Um, if you got stuff you want to say to us, bkny_podcast at gmail.com. Um, but for right now, I'm your boy, Ness. I'm your boy, Jake. And we thank you for being with us, uh, Brooklyn Knights. We're going to take you out with a little bit more of that Slick Rick uh, uh, children's story because why why the hell not, right? So let's see what happens there. Yes. All right. So, my people, mi gente, peace out and spread love. It's the Brooklyn World. Uncle Ricky, what you mean to 